Hey, welcome to Best in Fest. I'm Leslie Lepage, the director of La Femme International Film Festival, and this is a podcast for people who are interested in advancing their career in television and film and learning the dirty little secrets of Hollywood that nobody wants to tell us about. I am so grateful and so pleased to have this wonderful guest, Valerie McCaffrey, with us today. She is amazing. She actually has built her career as a casting director, being the vice president of feature film casting for New Line. And then um, during her tenureship there, she was really pivotal in casting New Line's cinema's American History X, which Edward Norton was nominated for an Academy Award. Um, And then while she was at Universal, she went from New Line to Universal, she also cast Babe, which garnered James Cromwell an Oscar nomination for his performance as The Pig Farmer, produced by George Miller. Uh, One of my most favorite things she, she cast was Hard Candy, where this was really Ellen Page's uh, first American film, and if you haven't seen Hard Candy, it's a dynamite, dynamite film, but she cast that as well. But even with her, her legacy of these films that she's casted, she has segued into being a hybrid, and she is a director as well. And she created this nominated short film called Dirty Bomb. And I want to have her kind of tell us about what that short film was all about, how you got this idea, like what, how did you get this kernel of I'm going to direct after like years and years and years of having such a successful casting uh, uh, director legacy, which you still do. Well, you know, in uh, 1999, I directed a feature um, and it was called Wish You Were Dead. And it was the first time somebody had come to me and asked me to direct this film and it was fun and I had a great time. But during that period of time, you know, my, I was very busy and that film actually got distribution too by Mel uh, Gibson's company. But I wanted to step away for a while and just do, uh, you know, just do a lot of independent casting and that's what I ended up doing. But what happened was how uh, the inspiration for uh, Dirty Bomb came to be was that I was at a you know, a weekend away with my cousins. And mm-hmm. we were bringing up old stories of our family who's no longer with us. And, uh, you know, it was kind of getting sentimental. And uh, my my one uncle actually was obsessed with the country of Belgium. And he we were talking about that. And I, I speculated that maybe he fell in love there. And that's why that country was so amazing to him. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't quite understand why... He, when he talked about the war, it was always about Belgium. Anyway, bottom line is my cut, my other cousin um, Alex says, "Well, you know, you know, they used to call the uh, V2s that misfired in the Battle of the Bulge. They used to call them dirty bombs. And you know, the Jewish prisoners there sabotaged the bomb." I said, "Wait, what?" And and she said, "Yeah, yeah, they sabotaged those bombs, and that's why they misfired." And this surge of like. You know, it just came over me, this whole surge of like, I've got to now tell this story because it's an unknown story, essentially. Mm-hmm. There's some people that do know about this, but very few. And I thought, how ironic that here you have these prisoners who were never recognized, and we, we don't know their names even to this day, but 200 of them were hung for their sabotage. 
But yet, they were responsible for, like, you know, ending the war sooner because the V-2 bomb was, you know, the V-2 bomb was the most, the, the strongest missile rocket, you know, and we were, as the U.S., we were five years behind that. And so how ironic that my family being Armenians, you know, there's few of us that survived that genocide. And then my Armenian uncle goes to fight in the war. And this is like history kind of repeats itself. So there were right. so many reasons I wanted to do this story. But essentially, mm -hmm. I was so inspired by those prisoners who sabotaged, who had the guts to sabotage the, the missile. And you actually wrote the story, correct? Yes, I wrote it. Yes. So tell us about that process and then how that segued into you, you know, mantling the directing of it and mm -hmm. casting of it when you were writing, having such a legacy as a casting director, were you already, did you already know who you wanted to write it for as the actors yes. when you were writing it? I mean, our main character is, um, is Aaron and I wanted Aaron to be played by Ido Samuel, who's mm -hmm. uh, from Israel. And, um, and, and I actually told him, I said, listen. I'm going to write this short and you're going to star in it. And he goes, okay. <laughs> and then it became, it was, it was, it was like three months of research because, you know, I had to first, you know, first confirm that this happened and then mm -hmm. track, track how it happened, when it happened and what were, what were our soldiers doing at the time of this and how they played a pivotal role in this, if any. So that was like two months of research. I wrote the short and I sent it to an expert in Jewish history and he gave me a few notes. There was actually, I had written um, a blonde German woman in the tunnel as one of the people that oversaw the prisoners. And uh, uh -huh. he goes, there was no, there was no German women in the tunnel. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to be diverse, right. you know, I wanted to put right, women right, in there. Right. Right. Putting a Hollywood spin on it. He's yeah. like, no, 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 no. And, and, you <laughs> know, and so, you know, I wanted, you know, like a woman in there. and But, you know, there, there really wasn't. So, and then, you know, of course, the hardest part was raising the money for it and finding the locations. And um, uh, that was really horrendous. And, uh, you know, but I had many of my friends, like Tara Sujan, she came and gave me a lot of money. And, and then I had... Uh, uh, Bob Shea from New Line, my ex-boss, gave me a lot of money. You know, not a lot, like a couple thousand. You know, I mean, it was, it, you know, for sure, you know, it was a lot of money. So, um, and then I raised money through the internet. Um, every. Did you do crowdfunding? I did crowdfunding too as well. You know, then I had some producers that came in at the very end. They saw the, the footage and they wanted to come on board. Um, Amada Asfori, and then also uh, Jennifer Tung and Brian Kelly Jones. They all were very uh, instrumental in helping me. And, you know, of course, when you do something like this that is a historical piece, it's not easy. I wanted to make it as, as real as possible because I've seen movies about this historical moment in our time that has many stories to talk about uh, in World War II. But I wanted it to be so horrendous that you captured what the what the prisoners went through. And I didn't want to make it look like it was a piece of cake. And what the soldiers went through too, in the in the snow, in the like horrendous conditions, um, because it was Hitler's surprise attack on America, Americans in the in the Battle of the Bulge. So um 
So I wanted to show the realism, and I think uh, the short the short definitely delivered that from the uh, from the audience's reaction. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. absolutely. How yeah. how was it? And where first of all, where did you film it? Because you know people mm-hmm. listening in will want to know that. So where did you film it? And and how did you work with the actors? You know, once you got your cast assembled, I filmed it in Fraser Park in March. And in the snow, in the real snow, and I and we shot everything as real as we could, you know. And yeah. uh, the poor actors, you know, I had Hunter Doohan, I had um, Clayton Hames, and uh, James Babson, and you know, I mean, it was horrendous, you know, shooting, you know, the poor guys. And then uh, I wanted some uh, a location that was not used before in concentration in a concentration camp because I wanted to shoot a lot of the. There was a, a couple different scenes within that part. And so mm-hmm. I'm from Fresno, so I called up the film commission and she said, oh, I have the great, I have, I think I have a really good location. It's an abandoned 1950s um, uh, juvenile detention center that they had these young boys that would be, if they got in trouble, they would be at this detention center. But then there was these open fields where, you know, they had different structures. So we ended up uh, shooting in Fresno, the concentration camp there. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when you when you got it all done mm-hmm. and you had it all posted, then it was how do you get it out there? So like what was your what was your thought process on, you know, taking that film out to the festival circuit? Like how did you attack that process? Okay. So um I I immediately cut a trailer because I thought it was important to get the trailer out to promote the trailer, uh, the, the story. And then what happened was, is that the original cut was 23 minutes. And I sent it out to a couple festivals and I knew that the movie worked, but it's, it was just too long. It couldn't be grouped mm-hmm. into any category. It wasn't a comedy, you know, it was a historical drama. and. Through the festival circuit, I find there aren't that many historical dramas, you know. I mean, there might be current day, but historically, they're hard to make because they're expensive usually. So I decided to go back in and cut it to 15 15 minutes, and all of a sudden, we we started getting accepted. I've been to Madrid, and we won Best Short there. Uh, We went to Manhattan Manhattan Film Festival, and we won uh, Best Historical Short there. So, you know, it started getting a lot of traction. And um, I went to Cannes, and it was one of eight movies chosen to show in Cannes at the Emerging, uh, at, at the Pavilion Emerging Filmmakers uh, Showcase. And uh, so I was pretty honored that I was one of the eight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Talk about that, because Cannes as a film festival is a whole different animal than mm-hmm. every other film festival on the planet. Um, it's Cannes. <laughs> so... So, so when you were there, um, now I know that you, you created this short, but did you ever think that maybe you could take this into a feature length? And when did that idea come into your head space? Was it at Con? And, you know, again, tell us how that experience at Con was for you. The experience of Cannes was just amazing. Um, you know, you're there, you know, and, and it's, you're excited and it's fun to have a film there, you know, to go there and have a film there. So it was nice. It was, you know, a lot of networking and a lot of seeing people that I knew. Uh, And, you know, the place was packed. 
there wasn't an empty seat and they showed all the eight films um and then you know the more that i sh i showed the film it was apparent that this needed to be made into a feature because also people were coming up to me oh we wanted to see more we wanted to see more so i said well i think i might write the feature to this um and it was tricky because you know how much can you show okay here's the sabotage here's this here's that i had to create this this other storyline that led up to this sabotage so and that's what i did in the feature so really the the kernel of of doing this was from the um inspiration that you got from the audiences that saw it saying hey you know do you have more of this so you didn't necessarily create this as a proof of concept to begin right. with mm -hmm. it kind of ended up like a proof of concept yeah absolutely okay so was it after con that you jumped on the typewriter and started uh you know writing the full length and and how's that going last we touched base i think you were midway through yes it's finished and um it's gone through several drafts i'm uh you know i'm lucky that i have uh friends that can be honest with me and um and i always appreciate that because sometimes people say oh we, we don't want to you know and think that insult her or anything you know but i happen to love the hard the hard truth on things and i only think it helps the it helps the story you know we all do things in our career not it's yes we may be part of that but you you have to really look at how does it serve the story that's the most important not how does it serve me how does it serve the story put your egos aside listen to criticism invite it let it sit with you digest it does it make sense and be open as a writer um and i think that's really helped me when i have done it that way because uh the script is better because of it i think you know awesome how have you taken the um storyline which was this kernel of this amazing thing that that people band together and w were able to pull off how did that translate into this this feature length what was this other storyline that you created to, to can you tell us about it uh that brought us into that yeah well the person that designed the v2 bomb uh was warner van braun and mm -hmm. i found him very interesting because of course he came he eventually came uh, surrendered to america and what people don't know about the v2 bomb was the compressor that was in the v2 bomb was actually what was used to lift our our spaceship up that took our our men to the moon so i decided that i was going to tell him as a young boy along with our Aaron character as a young boy with their love of rocketry and you follow them through their lives and uh the war breaks out and of course the of course they both have different paths that they take and um they land up in the concentration camp together one a prisoner and one the designer of the V2 who has a job to do um and it's about friendship and betrayal and um and ambition. Right. Right. I I can't wait to this thing until it gets made. So how are you on, how are, how are you on the track of um, you know, getting it out there and what are your now next steps because you have this this wonderful short um and that has gotten 
distribution, yes. correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell, us about, tell us about that, and then we'll kind of jump back to the other question. Yeah, it got picked up by TV Shorts. It's still getting, um, there's still a lot of interest in it, so it's going to be distributed, I think, other places. Um, but yeah, but it just, I think it aired, it aired this month, actually, and it's going to air next month as well. So um, on TV Shorts, yeah. So it was exciting. And the guy, I wrote him and I said, when is it? When is it going to play? Because they don't tell you. And he says, um, well, we're, we're, we're figuring that out right now. But you know what? I really enjoyed your short. I thought, oh, that was nice of him to say, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that was really exciting. And Jenny Hayden help, is helping me on that. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So everyone who's listening in, you've got to go to TV Shorts and tap on in and uh, click on Dirty Bomb and see that. Well, since you have now secured distribution, you know, there's not a lot of distribution outlets for shorts, right? Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of money that's made out of shorts. Um, you know, was that a consideration for you or did you really not care, uh, you know, the, about the financial uh, revenue coming in for this? Was it more about getting that exposure to help um, emphasize the, the, the feature? Yes, absolutely. It was. I had no concern about the money. I, I was just like, I was so happy to people for people to see it, you know. And I think it's so true of so many of, of um, you know, the filmmakers that go to uh, the festivals. It's because they worked long and hard on this piece, and the reward mm-hmm. is watching the audience's reaction or the idea that more people will be able to see it. So that to me, it was a. It was more like, yeah, I did a movie. It got distribution. And guess what? I've got this script, you know, and I want to make it, you know, so it's it it helps you. I think it builds your case, both as a writer or as a director. You know, many times people say, you know, hey, you know, well, you know, are you really married to directing this? And I said, you know, I'm not married to anything. I'm married to common sense. And if it serves the story, it goes back to it serves the story, then Mm -hmm. I'll step aside, you know, as long as it, it is it will elevate it. Um, elevated to the point that it makes a difference. What other strategies do you um, have or have you formulated on utilizing this short to find money for that feature length that you've now written? Okay, so there's a couple things. One is selling the foreign rights first and Mm -hmm. um, getting a distribution company, but coming up with a list of cast uh, potential cast that is that are interested in it and I'm in the uh, process of doing that right now so I have some ideas of you know and then I do I think I, I have figured out the location for it which will be in Serbia uh, that will mm-hmm. shoot this but that's it it's like there are some people that are looking at it for uh, financing just right out out of the gate uh, right. the script is really uh, strong so you know, it does, it does read very well. And that's, mm-hmm. that's uh, took a lot of time to get that right. And so it's either the chicken or the egg, you know how it is when you're doing financing. It's like, you know, you go to the financier and they'll say, well, who's in it, you know? Um, uh, but, but I do think that, uh, that, that will come together qu- quickly once I put my mind to it. <laughs> well, you being a cast director, um, did you work with your uh, sales rep to come up with the names that would make the financiers more happy? Um, you know, giving them and that star anchor uh, to you know hold the financing in place. H- how did that come about for you? 
Well, mm-hmm. I've done a list, but I haven't, you know, my, my goal was to really get the script right. And the script has been this, this version I'm going with, you know, there is no doubt. So um, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to put, be putting together a list of actors that I feel uh, belong in the movie first. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, it is specific. I mean, we're talking about Germans and uh, the Jewish characters. There was actually, um, in True to Life, there was a Dutch doctor uh, that was mm-hmm. helping all the prisoners at the time. There was also Stalin's uh, son that was also mm-hmm. incarcerated. So there's different characters I'm trying to place in, and, and the mothers of the two boys, you know, mm-hmm if it's Katherine Heigl or something like that. So I'm, I'm going to be formulating those lists and putting it by character. Yeah, is trying to get that list together so that you can provide it to your financier saying, listen, these are the possibility of the people that I can secure on these parts, which combination is really going to work for the financing. Right, exactly. Yeah, good, good. Now, um, you, you've been casting for so many, so many years. Uh, how is it on that flip side of where now you're really looking at it from a directorial standpoint, as opposed mm-hmm. to a casting director standpoint, working with a director? Is it harder, easier for you? I think, you know, as, as a casting director, being part of this, any experiences that you have can only help, um, help the production. I guess there's some pitfalls that might happen that maybe wasn't thought of that I think of and bring it to somebody's attention that may not, uh, that they haven't thought of it before. And depending on the level of directors I work with, some are more experienced and some are new. So yeah, all of that really, I think all of my experience really helps uh, that world. I mean, I used to teach uh, drama to inner city kids, gang kids, and that helped me uh, cast uh, American History X. So it's, you know, every experience you have as a filmmaker, I think, or as a casting director, which is what my, you know, job has been the longest, is that it helps in my other, in my other work. Well, I mean, this is super, super exciting. If mm. the, or I shouldn't say if, when. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. When you get the financing yeah. on this and you are off to Serbia to shoot this, where where do you think, you know, uh, do you have another film that you've been uh, that you're incubating as a as a writer director now that you're already working on or has this just consumed your yeah. entire life and you can't think past that? Yeah, I uh I have a uh action drama that I'm writing and uh um it's about three women, three women in a rehab. They, they meet there because their sons are in uh, the drug rehab. They join together and fight against a drug dealer. But there's other plot uh, things in there. And then there's another one called Everything's Going to Pot, which is mm-hmm. about a woman, uh, a very uptight mom, who's, who's, uh, whose youngest son smokes too much marijuana. And uh, she tries, it th- and she's very frustrated. And she um, takes matters in her own hands, and there's a role reversal there. And for the first time in her life, she smokes marijuana, and everything in her son's life has gone to hell, you know, because right. he doesn't get mommy taking care of him so much. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's really fun, and it has a message. All the films mm-hmm. that I that I work on have a message. It's um, there. It usually 
uh, it usually is very close to home, what mm-hmm. I write about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting because when I talk to young filmmakers, I, I, I really try and elicit what their message is. And sometimes the young filmmakers are not aware of consciously like what their message is that they're trying to get across. Um, so what is this kind of mission statement, personal message statement that, that hooks all your films together? You know, obviously I, I think that um, what we do to other people um, mm-hmm. and, and the horrors of war and uh, control and oppression uh, was something that I despise. So I had to, that's what speaks to me because in, in my own family, we experienced that. So I wanted to show, you know, I wanted to show the heroism of, of these prisoners. And I wanted to tell the story of how things are not always black and white in life. There's a reason for everything. And, you know, I wanted to show that Hitler was successful because of what was going on at the time and how when people are weak, they tend to follow the leader. And so, or even if they're in poverty, whatever they, they're looking for a way out. And so I wanted to show what happens when that, when that goes down. And then on the other two, it's one is drug use and excessive drug use, but in a comedic way and how, how we sometimes, um, uh, baby our kids a little too much and uh and and maybe be part of the problem but mostly it's it's uh taking charge as a as a mom uh and then the other one is um really about in this country i think that you know there's a lot of drug use and there's you know a lot of money being made and i'm not and we lose a lot of our young people's lives with addiction. And I wanted to, I wanted to like fight back in my story. I think that's amazing. You know, since you had such success with Dirty Bomb as a short that then led you to the feature, and now you've got these other two features, are you going to do proof of concept shorts for these other two to, to um, you know, gain some notoriety on the overall story? I could. Um, That's a good idea. That's actually a good idea, Leslie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I come up with them every once in a while. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'd have to put together like, um, you know, I I wouldn't do a short, but maybe I put together like a little uh, teaser trailer, you know. Right. uh, Right. That I could shoot cheaply and Mm -hmm. uh, put something together for both of them. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think the um, I think the drama action drama where these women take over and da 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 less more less than that because that's such a good sellable it's so much easier to sell those kinds of stories than to sell comedy sometimes. So it it really sounds like you've gotten bitten by that that writing bug. Yes. Are you enjoying that process of writing? And and what is your process of writing? Can you share it with us? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm really kind of a weirdo. Like, I don't really have probably the traditional way that I did. You know, like on this particular, the one about the three women, it's basically, it's writing itself in a weird way. Um, the historical drama, uh, the uh, it's called The Space Between Men. 
that one I had to write um, cards and lay it out as to you know where mm -hmm. it should go and and historical it's all historically correct by the way right um, other than the Jewish uh, character that I put in there uh, but I'm mm -hmm. sure Werner Van Braun had Jewish friends so uh, <laughs> you know he uh, right. but yeah I mean you had to have they uh, but uh, yeah I'm just having it I'm writing it itself like I said some of this stuff is very true to to me and what mm -hmm. have I experienced so mm -hmm. um, that's why it's a little different and I and I write what I do is I uh, I write in the morning usually for about an hour and then if I mm. still have the energy after a full day I will write more and then during the during what happens is, is I begin thinking about the script like all day long like it's always in my head like what's gonna be the next scene what's gonna happen so it's always mm -hmm. I, I, I make myself like okay how do I go from this point to that point? What happens next? And then I think about that for a few days, and then I write it. Or I might come up with an idea right away. It's very or kind of organic. When you write a scene, um, do you know the scene is done when you finish writing the scene? Or are you still you know, going back to it and, and working it and massaging it more? Or are you, you know, it's done, I'm moving on, and then you're tackling the rewrite once the whole thing is kind of put together what's your process well, usually is you know you'll write it and then or I'll write it mm -hmm. and sometimes I'll go back like if I uh, I'll go back and reread the scene previous to the one that I'm about to write to make mm -hmm. sure but then I I write the script and then I print it out mm -hmm. and I go through it with a pen and I mm -hmm. make all my rewrites on the script and then I implement it in the new draft and then do the same thing over and over again. And then I, mm -hmm. I think to myself, who wrote this? This is like, <laughs> this is like awful, you know? And, and then I know that, hey, you know, so this is going to improve, you know? Right, right. <laughs> but, but, you know, because you're writing, you want to get it in there, right? And then you, mm -hmm. you massage it and, and tweak it. And then maybe something new may come up in your head while you're reading it. Or you may say, you know what? This is very, this is dragging. Let me cut this, let me cut that, you know. Mm -hmm. We all know that when we sit down and read a script, the ones that we can read through quickly are the mm -hmm. ones that we know that are, you know, that, that right. have a good momentum to it. And you know it feels good when that happens. Right. Well, this isn't the first time, you know, it, it's funny that you mention, you know, like, who wrote this? Like, what? Um, that after you finish writing a feature that you, you feel that, right? Because you've been so intimately engaged with it. You can't really uh, necessarily pull yourself away to to look at it from a distant point of view, you know? Um, so it's funny that you say that. I'm going to ask you two last questions. The first question is, what advice would you give to new filmmakers, either venturing into the film festival for the first time, or creating a short, like a sizzle reel, um, or a short standalone? Like, what is your advice on this process to a young filmmaker who's out there listening? I think that uh, marketing is very important, uh, getting your, when you get your short out there. So make sure that you do have a trailer you have somebody design a great poster for mm -hmm. you, one sheet. Um, and then also really participate in the festivals. Go to all the other, um, go to all the, all the other movies and watch what people are doing. And sometimes you'll find that you'll, 
uh, find a collaboration there that you, that you would not have had if you'd stayed in, you know, just went to your screenings. So I think it's, mm-hmm. I think, you know, film festivals are the most fun for me. I, I so enjoyed going to all of them because also I, I love, I love watching movies and I, you know, whether they're shorts or, or feature length, I love watching. So it's my passion. And, you know, and I think you learn from watching others. So don't always think about yourself. Think about how you can collaborate. Who, what else is out there? What is a story that maybe, you know, somebody, another filmmaker and you could write together? So mm-hmm. I think that's very important on uh, the film festivals. Right, like interact. Don't just yes. be on your phone texting yeah. your BFF, right? <laughs> like, oh, I'm here, like, texting my BFF, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's, you know, Great. It's, okay. and, and it's not easy to get people to come see your movie, you know, I know. But if, mm-hmm. you, show, if you show up at other filmmakers' movies, they're going to show up for yours, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, because it's about supporting each other. Yes. However, however you really look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the last question is, um, tell us a dirty little Hollywood secret um, that you want to share with uh, those listening in that you wish somebody had told you, you know, years ago. What is a dirty little Hollywood secret you can share with us? Dirty little Hollywood. Well, I think um, in Hollywood, I think that, you know, well, when I worked at the studios, I think you have to stay in your own corner. It has mm-hmm. to be really, um, I was very ambitious and I would try to do like, when I went to Sundance, I would like, when everybody else was on the slopes, I would be like, no, my company is paying me. I need to see these movies. I need to do reports on all of these. And by the time everyone was back on from Sundance, everyone would have a report on their desk from the entire thing with pictures and resumes. and. One time I, I started commenting uh, on directing and how I thought this person was a good director or da 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 mm-hmm. You just got to stay in your own corner. But when I left the studio system, I didn't stay in my own corner. I stayed in, uh, well, the corner was mine. So I could, I could make whatever I wanted, how I wanted it. And that's why I love being independent, um, is that no one can tell you you can't do this and you can't do that. And, you know, this is an art. And... You know, whether you're a writer, director, art director, whatever position you have, if you decide you want to take another stab at something, don't wait. Do it. And and if this was is what makes you love, if you love it, and you can love many things at the same time. And that's what I find out because people always ask me, well, you know, how could you cast? And, you know, what do you like better? I go, I like them all. I like it all because I love actors. I love you know, I love writing and I love telling actors what to do in a scene or figuring it out with the DP and I love the collaboration. So, you know, live your life and live it doing what you love. That's amazing. Thank you. And yeah. so true. Um, you know, keeping that political corner when working in a corporate environment can mm-hmm. be tough, um, especially in today's, you know, um, navigating the, the landmines. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for joining us. And for all those that um, who are listening in, let's shout out to uh, Valerie. What are your handles, social media handles? Can you tell us? Oh, it's, uh, oh my God, I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie.McCaffrey.58 is Instagram. Okay. And I'm, I'm on Facebook, so I'm supposed that that's easier to find, right? Right. <laughs> I, forget, I was trying to figure out, where's my Facebook link? I, I For last night, I was trying to figure that out. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, shout out to uh, Valerie again. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on. So for all those that want to submit their film uh, for the film festival this year, uh, go to Film Freeway and search on La Femme International Film Festival and uh, submit your work. Or you can go on to www.lafemme.org and click on the Film Freeway uh, link and that'll take you to submit your uh, film. We are in the middle of call for entries now. The podcast video uh, will be posted on the La Femme International uh, Film Festival YouTube channel, La Femme Film Festival YouTube, and uh, tap on in or Instagram us at uh, La Femme Film Fest or Twitter us at La Femme Film Festival. Again, Valerie, thank you so much for uh, coming on and best of luck with the feature. You got to keep me uh, informed because I, I want to see that made. <laughs> thank you, Leslie. Thank you for having me. Good luck on the festival. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.